At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. As we've turned the page to a new year, many are wondering what will come next and how to navigate it when it does. We invite you to tune into our series, What Now? How Tomorrow Shapes Today, as we explore the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 and 25. Together, we'll learn to look toward the future because what we believe about tomorrow defines the way we'll spend today. Let's discover God's answer to the question on everyone's mind. What now? Good morning. It's good to be with you today. I want to begin this morning by kind of uh, showing you how I roll, okay? I'm going to show you how I roll. If you're hanging with me, you're going to find one of these in my car. It's a snow brush. You guys use this this winter? <laughs> yes, we have. But I also carry something called a little air compressor pump. I want to be prepared when those tire problems come along, when the cold winter kind of turns on that little, uh, tire, that, that, that little tire sign that says, hey, your tires are low. I'm prepared when that comes my way. And then, of course, most of us probably have one of these. Jumper cables, come on, reflectors, the preparedness kit for when something goes wrong. You see, all of these things, all of those things help us to be prepared for whatever situation we find when we are driving and we hit a snag, right? When the weather happens, when something happens with our tire, when something happens with our battery. But here's the thing. You have those similar things in your life too, don't you? Maybe you have the exact same things in your car. But it's not just about vehicles, is it? When we're talking about being prepared, whether we're taking a road trip, whether we're talking about fire safety, whether we're talking about something as simple as going to the grocery store, we like to be prepared when we go there. I'm not even talking about the kind of the, the long-distance preparation that we, that we look at when we open up our, our investment account updates. These are all ways and things that you and I care about because it is of critical importance that you and I are prepared. Well, I want to have a, a moment of pastoral transparency. One of my biggest fears, one of my nightmares is that I would wake up and it's Sunday morning, it's 9.20, and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I haven't done those hours of prep, I haven't, I, I, all of a sudden it's like go time and I'm supposed to stand on the stage and have something to offer you as your pastor. That is absolutely terrifying to me to think about that if I were un prepared. It's very important. You know exactly what I'm talking about, whether it comes to our career, whether it comes to our family, whether it comes to our health or our finances. Preparedness is absolutely crucial. Now, thankfully, Jesus gives us some really clear and helpful insight in Matthew's gospel on what it means to be prepared. We're going to turn there in a minute, but before we do, let's pray together. Gracious God, 
You have invited us here today to worship you. You have invited us here today to enter into a time where we bring our offering of praise to you. We do that with our voices. We do that with our minds. We do that with our faithfulness and our finances. God, all of these are ways that we respond to you in worship. And that's why we gather. God, thank you for bringing each of us here today for this meeting, this time to enter into your counsel and enter into this moment with you. We're grateful. But God, as we evaluate where we've been this week, some of us had really difficult weeks, some of us have had mountaintop weeks. In the midst of all of that, God, we need to hear from you today. And God, we acknowledge that your word is what will guide us. Your word is what will empower us in the week ahead. It will strengthen us for what lies ahead. It helps us be prepared. So God, give us eyes to see the truth of your word. Give us ears to hear this truth. And then humble hearts submitted to the truth of your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we are continuing in what I believe is an absolutely critical sermon series. It's such an important sermon series as we hear the words of Christ for what it means to look to what's happening in our world today with an eye toward the future and with an eye to the future to see and help us understand what's, what we're called to do today. So, for us to see a true picture of what we're looking at in God's Word, we're going to need a little bit of cultural backdrop. Now, I know you might say, well, Pastor, we've been in this series for a couple weeks. Yep, I know, and that's why we're going to revisit what we're doing here. Because I think when you pause and kind of look back and look at the previous chapter, look at the beginning of this text, you get to see a theme of what Jesus is actually speaking of and wants you and I to understand from this text. So let's consider Matthew 23. Jesus has walked through Jerusalem with His disciples. And what he is experiencing is grief because of he's witnessing such sin. And so in that chapter, he offers a series of warnings. That's chapter 23. Then you go to the beginning of chapter 24. Jesus declares the pending destruction of the temple. Now, this is an event that took place at the hands of the Roman Emperor Nero in AD 70. Historians have detailed the carnage of what's happening there. And yet, as we continue to read and reflect upon the words of Jesus in this chapter of Matthew's gospel, what becomes clear is that Christ's followers are to have this kind of short-term and long-term vision. He wants us to engage with what's happening in our world as well as to have a mind for the future. We should be ready for the times in which we live and, and for the eternal kingdom. That's what Jesus desires for us. And like all good leaders, those you have in your workplace, those you have in your communities, Jesus desires that we, we would be prepared. And so that's the question we're going to deal with today. That's the overarching question that you and I are going to consider. Are we ready? You say, what are you talking about? Am I ready? Are you ready for the second coming of Christ? Are you ready? 
That's what this text is about today. That's what we are going to consider, our preparedness in view of the second coming of our Lord. So let's grab our Bibles. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to pick up the story, pick up the narrative at verse 36. Once again, I'm going to be reading a segment of the text, not the whole text in its entirety at the beginning, because I think it's important for us to unpack it as we go. So here we go. Here's here's what Jesus has to say in verse 36. But concerning that day, that hour, no one knows... Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But this is that the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming. He would have stayed awake and he would not have left his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Do you sense the urgency? Do you feel the intensity of what Jesus is communicating there? He kind of offers us bookends in that portion of the text because he begins by making one thing perfectly clear. No one! No one knows the day or the time of his return. No one. Then he closes out the text that way too. That's where he starts and he tells a story, a couple stories, and he wraps it up and he says, oh, by the way, you must be ready because you're not going to expect it. Nobody knows. So let me be clear. All the date setters you guys watch or are exposed to on YouTube or all those articles or blog posts that you read about online, all those videos predicting the day or the time of the second coming of Christ. Let me stand on this stage based on the Word of God and tell you that is all speculation. All of it. It's speculation. The words of Jesus in verse 36 make this clear. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. So let's see. We've got Bible scholars. We've got seminary professors. We've got well-read pastors and spiritual leaders. Surely they know, right? No. Nobody. Knows the timing of the second coming, not the angels, not Jesus himself, he says in our text. Only the Father knows the timing of the second coming of our Lord. 
Now, why would Jesus make this point? When we read this text, why would we say, well, what is Jesus focusing on here? Here's what he is getting at. The specific day, the specific time, the specific hour is not the point of the text. That's not the point of the passage. The point of this passage is something far more significant. It is preparedness. That's the focus of the text. He wants his disciples, he wants you and me, he wants all who follow him to be prepared for his imminent return. That's the focus. And so that gives us our first response today. Our first response is that you and I are called to be prepared. God's people are to be prepared for Christ's return. Now, this is the point that Jesus references when he talks about the great flood. You might say, it is interesting that in the midst of this narrative, Jesus points back to Noah and to the flood. Well, let's, let's look at that a little bit. Let's pick it up at verse 37 and consider it a little deeper. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. They're just minding their own business. They're just doing their thing, living life day after day without a care, without a concern. Until entered the, Noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. And Jesus says, that's how the Son of Man will come. It'll be a lot like that. People will be drinking People will be eating, dining, hanging out, doing their thing, enjoying life, completely unaware of the coming judgment. And just like those people, until the flood comes, we're not going to see another flood. We're going to see something far more significant. And in that space, everything changed, and that's what will happen in this context as well. Jesus uses the story of Noah and the flood to encourage his followers to what? To be prepared. It's going to be quick. Jesus' return will be swift, it will be dramatic, and it will be unpredictable. Because of this, because of the unpredictable nature of the timing of Jesus' second coming, he provides his disciples, he provides all of his followers with very clear counsel, be prepared. Be prepared. So that leads us to an obvious question, doesn't it? I got it. I'm supposed to be prepared. What does that look like? I mean, if you are watching the news, many of us have been entered into those kind of thought processes like, it, is, is this? Is this it? It's a great question for these times. But I also want to be direct, in spite of what many of us might be tempted to believe, the answer that we are looking for as Christ followers is not found in a political candidate. It is not found in a political platform. It is not found in, in sketchy theology. It's not found in religious speculation. Those are distractions. Instead, Jesus himself gives us direct counsel on what it means for you and I to be prepared. Look at verse 42. He says, stay awake. 
(laughs) For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Practically speaking, what Jesus is saying here in this text is be spiritually alert. Pay attention. This is the theme that comes up numerous times in other spots in the New Testament. This is not just some one little angle that Jesus has and you don't see it anywhere else in Scripture. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul writes, The day will come like a thief in the night. 2 Peter, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. The heavens will disappear like a roar. The earth and everything in it will be laid bare. If you do not wake up, Jesus says in Revelation 3, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Do you guys get the theme? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. If they tell you that they do, run from them. I'm not kidding. This is serious business. This is what the Word of God teaches. Nobody knows. But what Jesus asks of you and of me is to stay awake. To be mindful of the movement of God. Nobody captures this idea better than a legendary preacher by the name of J.C. Ryle. Here's what he writes. He says, true Christians ought to live like watchmen. The day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. They should strive to be always on their guard. They should behave like the sentinel of an army in an enemy's land. They should resolve by God's grace not to fall asleep on their post. So church, are we awake? Or are we sleeping? On our post? Are we ready for the Lord's return? Are we prepared? And let me bring that down a little more personal. Are you prepared? Let's return to the text. Let's see how Jesus wants us to be prepared. He explains it a little more to us as we progress in our text. Let's pick it up at verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at their proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if the wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed, and then he begins to beat his fellow servants, and he eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour that he does not know, and he will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus gives us another story. Again, do you feel the intensity of the story? It's another story about someone who needs to be prepared and who needs to be ready. This time, Jesus highlights the work of a faithful servant who is ready. He prepares and he's ready, and the text says, at the proper time. 
He's prepared for his boss's return. Do you know why? Because he has been faithful to do what he was asked to do. He was faithful to carry out his responsibilities. And in this case, we see that faithfulness is a source of blessing. Now, conversely, the wicked servant gets a little something else. The wicked servant takes advantage of his boss's delay. He starts abusing his co-workers, hangs out with drunkards, total disregard for his responsibilities, ignores them, pushes them off. What's the conclusion? His evil servant will experience destruction. Destruction. I want to warn you, Again, the details are brutal. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect. He's not paying attention. He's not prepared. He's not faithful. He's doing his thing. The master comes home in that space, and what does it say? He will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is not a text you put on a bumper sticker. We can joke about it and we can laugh about it a little bit. It is deadly serious. It is serious. The wicked servant is torn apart and tossed in with the hypocrites. Now, what we need to know about that phrase, the hypocrites, they were the most heinous of all people in this time period. They would be, he would be cut apart and sent away with the awful people. So let me put it another way. Jesus takes this illustration, this story of what he's saying, to its natural conclusion. And he says, the one who is not living in faithfulness to God, who is not walking in obedience, will suffer in eternity apart from God in hell. Might seem harsh might seem a little intense, might even seem a bit unfair, and yet it is not when we talk about a holy, righteous God. We're talking about holiness and perfection. You see, God calls men and women of faith to walk in faithfulness. We are called to walk in faithfulness. That is not how we earn our salvation, but once we are saved, once we have a faith, this is what God asks of us. He asks us to be faithful. And that gives us our second response today. God's people are called to be faithful. You and I, believers, we are called to walk in faithfulness. Now, some of us might say, well, pastor, that's really not that... Groundbreaking, that's not really new information. Most of us are aware that once we come to faith in Christ through repentance and through belief, that we are, of course, called to walk in God's ways. We're not just called to talk about faith, but we're actually called to talk about it and live out what we're talking about. That's precisely where some of us need help, isn't it? If you're like me, that is exactly where I need a little bit of guidance. Now, I want you to know that the New Testament is filled with pro tips. The New Testament is going to give us a number of ways that we can practice what God's Word is calling us to. 
But I want to warn you, it is not flashy. This is not the... The list that I'm going to cover in just a moment is not the thing you're going to kind of turn the camera around and take a selfie of yourself doing and have it look awesome for your friends. According to the Word of God, faithfulness is developed when men, women, and children practice the spiritual disciplines. That looks like reading and reflecting. Reading God's Word and reflecting on God's Word. That's covered in Romans 12, where it says, Be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Our faith is one that challenges our thinking. And if it's not, dig a little deeper. And then there's the posture of prayer. That's covered in Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. There's prayer. And then there's a heart of service. That's encouraged in 1 Peter. As each has received a gift, use it. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has graciously given a gift to you. Use it. That's a spiritual discipline, just like reading and reflecting in God's Word, like prayer, like humbly coming before our holy God with our cares and our concerns and our questions and our doubts. We do all of that in prayer. And then we serve. Church, the faithful Christian life is lived out through these long-standing spiritual disciplines, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month after month. Faithfulness, at its core, is consistent preparation. Faithfulness is consistent preparation for the second coming. That's why I love Eugene Peterson's classic book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Not only is the title rich, the content is excellent as well. Here's what he says. There is a great market for religious experience in our world. Yet there is little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue, little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in holiness. And yet that's what we're called to do. And so as I close today's message, I want to focus on what Jesus addressed over and over and over again in today's text. Are you ready? Are you ready for the second coming? You see, the truth is God can guide expectant believers. God will direct those of us who are faithful. God can lead those who sit at the ready. He will use us when we are prepared. Church, are you prepared? Are you ready for the second coming? Amen. 
Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.